I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara and it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive, hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E medics, Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E. T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I think when you practice visualization and when you practice like allowing yourself to envision the reality that you want for yourself and to tap into the gratitude for that reality, right? But really allowing yourself to get super creative in your visions, whether that's through dreams, whether that's in like a visual meditation, whether that is um, just daydreaming about things that you want for yourself or about, even about the world being a better place. You, you just unlock new doors for yourself. So just make time to like explore your imagination in whatever form feels good for you. <laughs> now let the magic begin. Hello, Njaima, Jaimayomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a soul-expanding and heart-opening podcast. This episode is sponsored by my current go-to meditation app, Headspace. More on them and their free month offer in the midst of the episode and in the show notes. And happy Leo season, my favorite season of all as a multi-Leo. It's 6.45 a.m. The sun is rising, and it is burning bright red so fitting for leo season i love it and i had to share a special episode that i thought would ignite a warm fire within and in a beautiful way of course you'll feel soothed and warm by the beautiful voice and spirit of bella divine and bella and i dive into her story her spiritual journey how to expand your imagination moon rituals with the elements for manifesting and releasing and other ways she manifested including manifesting her new career influencing and teaching tens of thousands or perhaps hundreds of thousands of humans on social media and the power of shamanic training the wisdom of her heritage toltec along with Hui Chol 
and the ease of MDR, minimum daily requirement. Also, the power of setting SMART goals. That's an acronym, SMART. She'll go over that. Tapping into the divine feminine and so much more. So I obviously, this is my kind of conversation. She's someone I could see myself hanging out with outside of the podcast. And you can just tell that she's surrounded by grounded and connected energy. She does talk about being around her abuela. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. I also love to hear her bracelets or her bangles in the background shake as she spoke. It brought a sweet charm. It brought a sweet charm. Anyway, if this episode or any Euro Magic episode ignites or inspires your soul, feel free to leave a rating and review just if you feel the nudge too and if you do thank you so much it means to the moon as you likely know also stay tuned for other upcoming podcasts i don't know when the big announcement will be it could be early august end of august early september i don't know i just am waiting for more logistics to go through before i share it with you but i am about to share it and It's coming together, and so it's going to surprise you. It's an announcement that will surprise you, but it will be released soon, so stay tuned for that surprise. Anyway, let's get on with the show, shall we? And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Bella Devine. What is lighting you up most in this season of your life? Yeah, I was thinking about that question a little bit. And I think that what's lighting me up the most in this season of my life, it's a great question, by the way, um, (laughs) is imagination. And I say that because over the last year, allowing myself to really expand my Um, my imagination and how far I'll let it stretch has allowed me to like completely create a new reality. Um, So yes, definitely imagination. Oh, that's a beautiful answer. And I know that you're a writer. So indeed, being able to spark and expand that imagination is so needed is so helpful, at least for your writing. Yeah, absolutely. So writing is a big part of it. And I think I've just let myself tap into it a little bit more. I think with, you know, just like societal structures, we tend to um, kind of dim our, our light and dim what we're like comfortable perceiving and over the past year um, both through practicing quantum meditative practices and then also getting into channeling after working with a medium I've just realized how powerful imagination really is oh that is so beautiful I can't wait to hear more about your experiences especially with channeling but I first want to know your story and how you started this trajectory of going to ashrams and exploring your spirituality and expanding from there yeah so um my spiritual journey is non-linear but it started at a very early age so I'm actually here in Mexico at my abuela's house, and she I, I lived here as a child. I like lived between here and Philadelphia in the U.S., and she comes from a long line of spiritual people. She's indigenous, um, and her ancestors are both Huichol and Toltec and probably some other things that we're not totally sure of, um, but she raised me like learning breath work. Um, you know, my mom was into homeopathy and so they very much encouraged my imagination. And at this time living in Mexico, my grandma would always bring up, um, I would like go to her doctor and I would say, Oh, like I see angels in your waiting room. And instead of being like, Oh, this kid's crazy. My family was like, yeah, she sees angels. And so they totally encouraged the spiritual. And then, um, I, you know, eventually moved back to Philadelphia to a big inner city for high school, for middle school, most of middle school. And I got very disconnected from the spiritual because there was very little of it culturally there. And people would be like, are you a witch? Like, just like, you know, rude little comments. Um, And so I think I kind of stuffed that part of myself down. I was like smoking cigarettes, like, you know, doing what the cool (laughs) kids do, going to parties. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sure you know. Yep, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, yeah, I guess lost myself, was very anxious. um, And writing was always like the thing that kind of held me together. But 
once I was back in college, I kind of realized just how important spirituality was to me. And I um, really reconnected through Toltec knowledge. That was like really my initiation. And then it kind of went all over the place to just like becoming obsessed with consuming and understanding and having great teachers. Ah, that is so beautiful. And I love that you're with your abuela right now, (laughs) especially during this conversation and just having her energy around. I have to say, because you kept bringing up the word imagination, and I'm sure it was very vivacious as a child. And it's beautiful that you're retapping back into that. And for those that feel like they have lost that spark, that imagination, that creative feeling of just being able to explore beyond the physical or whatever our mind wants to take us or our heart wants to take us, our soul wants to take us. What tips do you perhaps have for those that are just really wanting to tap back into their imagination? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Something that I love to do with my clients and that I love to teach is working with the feminine archetypes, but in a, in a little bit of a different way than perhaps we normally like would think to. So I love to kind of combine um, like shamanic and ancient practices with the archetypes. So for example, um, like connecting with the essence of the wild woman, you could, um, I, I, for me, I think that the wild woman is very much like connected to the womb space and so like kind of circling the hips and like rolling the wrists and finding um a connection to that movement um or I have an exercise where I have people kind of work with the inner child and so for anybody listening I would recommend um picking a couple animals for example you could do like a giraffe or a horse and putting on some funny music and letting yourself like act out what it would be like to move like those animals and you'll probably end up laughing at yourself. Um, it feels awkward. Good. But you start to kind of tap into just what it feels like to um, imagine a different reality, right? And that kind of allows you to begin to see how you can shift your own. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that. And another barrier that happens when we are not allowing ourselves to open up because we all are able to tap into this imaginative field. But when we're not able to tap in, it's simply just an egoic barrier. And I think that that animal exercise is a beautiful example to tap back into that because when I did acting classes as a child, they would always have us pretend to be some sort of animal to let go of our ego and our self-consciousness and just feel free to express ourselves. And we all like we did. We let that ego go because we were like, okay, we're just going to drop and just be and then be silly. So therefore you are able to let go of whatever that veil is, which is the ego and just be free. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because something I didn't mention to you and something that again, like what held me together between the the spiritual like highs in my life was writing. That was like the consistent thing I stuck with. And I was a slam poet in high school and my teacher was an English teacher and an acting teacher. And I remember one time I had my heart broken and I had to like perform in front of 200 people or something like that. And it was my first time performing alone and I had been broken up with. I wrote a whole new poem, memorized it like the whole night. Um, and I went in and my coach was making me like my poetry coach was having me practice in front of everybody. And I was like, you know, getting in my head about it. And he like made me put my arms up and like stand really funny and read this like emotional poem. And you start to just kind of, yeah, like it's the same thing, kind of see how, um, how how powerful it is to just not take yourself so seriously with your movement right (laughs) oh I love that it's like okay we think that they're trying to take advantage of our emotions but no it's them allowing us to release it and express it in the most beautiful way which when someone is heartbroken I mean of course it's so tragic but at the same time how beautiful it is that you got to create from that experience and write and then share it and express it in an art form Right. And in that practice session, like what I was so awkward and embarrassed, but it made me get over myself because I was like, well, I look crazy (laughs) standing like this, but I'm going to put my heart into it now because like, what do I have to lose at this point? Right. So it. Oh, I love that story. (laughs) And one thing that I heard you talk about was MDR since you are a writer and you make sure you write one page daily. So can you talk about MDR, what it is and how one can begin to incorporate it into their life? Absolutely. So MDR stands for a minimum daily requirement. And uh, when I was becoming a yoga teacher, I was at, at an ashram and I was 
um, taught by this really amazing yogi who, when she started her practice, I don't know, 30 years ago or something, she was struggling with consistency. And so she kind of created this um, idea of a minimum daily requirement. And for her, I think it was uh, one sun salutation a day. And so I kind of took that on for myself and started doing one sun salutation a day just to start finding consistency. At the time, I was a very inconsistent person. And I realized that it could translate over to writing as well. I used to put so much pressure on myself to write for literally two hours every day. And then when I didn't and I was late, it was so much easier to just be like, I'm not going to do that. So um, (laughs) you can apply it to anything and just pick like, what is, you know, something that you could do on any given day, even when you're feeling absolutely awful. Um, It could be 60 seconds of dancing. It could be writing two sentences. It can be whatever you want, but over time that, um, that commitment to yourself really adds up yeah. to results. The compound effect, it's so powerful. And momentum is, I think, one of the strongest forces in the universe. And so even though you might not feel like it that one day, it's like even the act of in and of itself is going to indeed, like you said, add up. I think that's so beautiful. I write in my journal. Okay, in all fairness, my journal is so small. So it could be equal to one page, but I write three because, again, it's so small. But I, I have that commitment myself because I can easily fall off if I don't. Did you get that from um, the artist's way? Because I also, I read the artist's way and I wanted to do three pages, but this year or at the time I made that video, I bought this giant journal that is so big. And I was like, I can do one is my commitment. See, That's perfect. If I had a giant one as well, I would just, you know, totally make it one. I'm telling you, my journal is so small. It's the minimum. It's the minimum. And yes, Artist Way by Julia Cameron. Everybody, I highly recommend reading that and allowing your subconscious to simply tap into that stream of consciousness and write. Absolutely. It's such a game changer, that book. Yes. Yes, it really is. Are you ever going to write and share things, if you haven't already, on Toltec and Huchol wisdom? Yeah. So not at this point in time, I, I everything that I have written about it, I teach within my, my program, my mentorship program. It's called Divine Alignment Activator. Yeah, I'm Um, so curious. Okay, you have to talk more about that as well. And (laughs) your clients, like what do you do exactly? Because this is something that I'm sure will inspire many. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to share about that. Um, I have not yet written anything about Toltec or Weechel knowledge for public eyes, but I am putting out a poetry book this year. I've been so... Um, It's been hard for me always to put out my writing. I actually, 16, I started writing a book about the Mexican drug cartels because I just was fascinated and just like sad about it. And then I finished it when I was, I think, 21, 22. And I haven't looked at it since because it was like my baby. I had to just let it sit. So this year on my vision board, it is um, a goal to get at least my poetry book out. And so that's in the works. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I'm so glad you have a vision board as well. And the vision boards are another great way to tap into that imagination. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So within my program, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, my three big things, and that kind of are the backbone for the program, are intention, which is a big part of Toltec wisdom. Um imagination, as well as uh, intuition. And I think that with those three qualities really strengthening them, you're able to tap into some serious magic. And in terms of my background, I, um, I've i been really lucky to work with a very renowned Mexican psychotherapist. She owns a school here. Um, she also comes from a, a long line of shamanic practitioners. Her name is Suhey Aleman. And she was able to kind of get me, um, being a coach, into some more traditional, um, while still being innovative, like um, psychotherapy and trauma trainings. And so in addition to like spirituality, I really love research and, and kind of grounded, um, you know, research practices. And that's kind of where my program comes in is I really like to fuse spirituality and psychotherapy to really help people um, heal their traumas, become spiritually empowered, and and just um, be more aware of all the things. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love that. And I love that she comes from a shamanic lineage. Didn't you do a shamanic training as well? Yeah. So, well, I did. Um, I have learned from a lot of shamans in Mexico, but I don't call myself a shaman because traditionally mm-hmm. that word is 
like reserved for someone who's dedicated their whole life to it. Generally people who are kind of off the grid. Um, but I do teach shamanism, <laughs> so I don't call myself a shaman, but I love shamanism. I love teaching it. Um, and I teach generally from a very Toltec standpoint. Um, so I have done a lot of trainings regarding uh, Toltec wisdom, which is in its own way shamanic. Ah, that's so beautiful. Okay, but what if someone's listening? They're like, what is Toltec wisdom and what is shamanism? Yes. So Toltec wisdom is um, an ancient, like indigenous to Mexico um, form of wisdom. It's not necessarily like um, limited to people of a certain lineage because it's more so a way of life. And so the Toltec believe that we are the artists of our lives, that we are um, constantly creating our lives through our perceptions. And they were, you know, they existed like they were descendants of the Aztecs so so many thousands of years ago. Um, and so they were really amazing. They were dreamers. They were really big on imagination and on um, lucid dreaming and paying attention to the meanings of like the, the strange synchronicities that um, life throws your way. And the whole idea of Toltec wisdom is to learn how to get free on the inside by um, understanding that you are the creator of your life. So, for example, like if I say, come closer, we're creating intimacy. But if I say, leave me alone, we're creating separation. And so really kind of um, honing in on that approach to life allows you to realize how much power you have in shaping your reality. So that's a little snippet on, on Toltec Wisdom. Is there any books you recommend people can read or find on Toltec Wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first book that I'd recommend is probably the most widely known book. It's called The Four Agreements yep. <laughs> by Don Miguel Ruiz. I always recommend that as a starting point. Um, he is really great and he has a lot of very popular and well-known books when it comes to Toltec Wisdom. And then there's also... Um, a book that is not as well known. It is called Burning Water. That's really cool. And then also the Toltec Secret by Sergio Magaña. Um, he has a, he's really involved in the in the Toltec wisdom world as well. Beautiful. I love this. And then how about for shamanism? And then how do they integrate in your work and your teachings? Yeah. So the way that I like to teach shamanism is from a very practical standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I like to teach like the wisdom basics that you can incorporate as well as how do you perform ritual and ceremony um, using like shamanic symbolism elements and, um, and, you know, ideas. And then I also like to teach something that's called shamanic recapitulation. So I can explain a little bit about yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so, so when it comes to ritual and ceremony, I think that again, the key is always pure intention. This is like the biggest thing behind the, the shamans of Mexico, the Toltecs. I mean, amongst most groups from Mexico, intention was a huge, huge concept. And so whenever you're going into ritual, whether it's a, a full moon or a new moon or um, you know, something specific that you want to accomplish, like a manifestation ritual, you want to think about what you're trying to achieve. So rituals are so much more about the why and not so much about the how. And I think we tend to get like lost in the idea of, oh, I, like I need certain crystals or I need candles or I need all these things and I need to know how to do it. But most importantly, it's just why are you, what is your intention when you come to um, ritual and to make sure that it's coming from a place of love and compassion and not negativity towards yourself or others. Um, so I think if you come from a place of love in your ritual, you can't go wrong. And this is a very traditional shamanic teaching. Um, I also, yeah, when it comes to symbolism, I love using incantations. So an incantation is like a two, three or five line um, it could be like a spell, it could be like a poem, just some phrases that are very intentional to guide you through your ritual. Um, so one that I always like to use, and I learned this one from a card deck, is disperse, dissolve, cleanse, and clear, make space for great mystery here. And that's, oh, that's like beautiful. Cute little, that is yeah. so cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And then in terms of elements, if you're doing a shamanic ritual, the moon has the moon and the sun have always traditionally been really important, um, but you can also use the elements. So, you know, water, earth, fire, air, and, and you can um, 
you can consider this when you're doing moon rituals as well. New moon rituals? Yeah, so a new moon or a full moon. So if you're doing like a full moon ritual, and let's say that the full moon falls under the sign of Taurus, which is an earth sign, um, you could, and this is something that I've done, like put out a little bowl and um, write like the things that you want to release for the full moon, put it in the bowl, and then pour dirt on top of it. And it's like as if to bury those things. You could also do that with your intentions for the new moon. I love that. And then do you ever burn it? <laughs> um, it so depends it, on where you're at. Yeah, it depends where I'm at. Or like if it's a fire sign, then fire, definitely bring that in. But the burning is good. Of course. Okay. And then how about for water sign? If it's like Pisces moon or something. For water, I'll do a bowl with, wa- um, with water and then I'll just leave the paper in it. Or um, sometimes if like, the I don't know there's it's like you know some planets are in earth signs some planets are in water signs you could still bury your intentions and then water them as if to like symbolically grow them I think that's a cool one yeah Um, and then air air I like recommend having like a feather or um use incorporating your breath so you could like do a little breath work practice as well Okay. And do you still write something down or? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you could like even, um, like, you know, you could hold it to your heart while you're breathing. Again, I think there's so much room for freedom within the rituals. And if you just start thinking about like how to be more intentional by incorporating the elements, by incorporating, um, you know, what's going on in the cosmos, you can, you can create really meaningful rituals for yourself. I love that. That's so beautiful. And also, when do you choose to release and when do you choose to manifest or call in? I choose to, yeah, call in and manifest for the new moon and then release for the full moon. Yep. Different cultures have different practices with it as well. And I haven't learned too much about like sun rituals, but I know that there's also some of that as well when it comes to shamanism. That's a fun, practical thing anyone can do. I also like your take on manifesting or calling in. You were talking about um, setting, and I used to do this as well, and it is so grounded and very practical is setting SMART goals. Do you mind talking about SMART goals, and um, do you mind going over the process? Yeah, sure. So SMART goals are something that like I, I'm a water sign. I'm a Pisces. I'm an airy fairy and (laughs) I'm like always floating away. And so I really need the grounded, the grounded logical structures in my life to like stay on track. And so SMART goals are something that have really helped me. Um, And so essentially a SMART goal is the way of creating goals that just support you in making sure that they are like you know, um, specific. That's what the S stands for. Yeah. The M is measure. And then, um, the A is achievable. What is the R realistic, realistic, and then timely the T and smart goals stands for timely. Um, and so basically when it comes to timeliness, you just want to know by what time, by what date you want to achieve your goal. I think that this is really important because work expands to fill the time that we allot to it so when we say like I'm going to get this done in a month it's so much more likely to happen um and yeah so I I also think that like it's really powerful to reverse engineer the results that you want um and to just kind of have a little bit of an action plan for yourself 100% do you mind walking us through an example yeah yeah absolutely and so like I'll say something else which is that smart goals are really like tried and tested. I think a lot of productivity gurus talk about it. Um, and it's also big in, in NLP, which is all neuro-linguistic programming, all about subconscious reprogramming. Um, and it's popular for a reason. So um, it just helps you to make sure that you're meeting the criteria that like to, to actually stay on track. And um, for example, I like to set like daily and weekly habits for, for each SMART goal that I, that I create. So in my my example, which is like the first time I ever did this was to write a book. And that seemed huge for me. Um, it seemed almost impossible. And so um, I think, you know, if you have the goal, for example, I had this goal with my poetry book of writing a book in three months, it might sound like really crazy and, and unachievable, but it's actually quite achievable when you break it down. So like, if let's say your goal is to um, have three thirty thousand words or ten chapters of three thousand words each per um, per chapter in your book, then your monthly goal might be writing ten thousand words per month, so that you get you know thirty thousand words done in three months. 
And so that would, um, that would work out to three or four chapters per month. And then if you break that down, check it down a little bit more, um, then weekly that would be about 2,500 words per week. And then you could break that down into writing like 350 words per day, which really isn't a lot. I think that we tend to get overwhelmed when we look at like the whole mountain of, you know, the goals that we want to get to, and then it can just kind of cripple us. And so when we make it really achievable, it's almost like, um, we have no excuse to not, to not go for our dreams. To my friends who are new to meditation or even seasoned meditators, I have a special app for you with a very special and generous offer of one month free from our sponsor of this episode, Headspace. And Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation may be, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. And if you need help falling asleep, which I have used this for, Headspace has wind down sessions their members swear by, including myself. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. And Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I am very much enjoying their semi-guided and unguided meditations. Their teacher, Andy, has a soothing British accent and his voice simply eases me into a silent guided meditation as I prefer. But of course, there's many guided meditations for you to explore as well. And Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime anywhere so you deserve to feel happier and headspace meditation is made simple go to headspace.com magic that's headspace.com magic for a free one month trial with access to headspace's full library of meditations for every situation this is the best deal offered right now so head to headspace.com magic today and now on with the show. What are some habits that you feel will completely transform one's life that you might recommend? Maybe it's something that you've learned from Toltec wisdom or elsewhere. Yeah, I have two things that I think are completely life transformative. And the first one is so simple that anybody can do it. Um, and that is keeping a gratitude journal. I think if you, and this actually goes right in line with Toltec wisdom, because in Toltec wisdom, they talk a lot about how um, we have this voice in our heads and the voice in the head, your head is, is the judge. It's not you. And you know that it's not you because you weren't born with a voice in your head. You didn't, you know, weren't born speaking a language and this voice, um, that, that, you know, is the source of negative self-talk originates from all of the judgments, um, and perceptions of the people around you. And so um, if you want to work on being less negative towards yourself, you want to focus on, again, the intention, the intention um, in this case being gratitude, because I, I believe gratitude is the highest vibration emotion. And so when I used to be very hard on myself, self-critical, anxious, um, and I bought a gratitude journal online for like $15, um, I started doing that every morning and it would have really beautiful prompts. Like, for example, um, think of five people that you are so grateful to have met in life and then talk about specific qualities for each one and starting your day off like that it just shifts your mindset and your perspective into one of appreciation and gratitude um, and over time I really feel like keeping a gratitude journal just literally like there, there's no negative voice in my head anymore like I really feel like I look at the world from just a, a place of deep appreciation now um that was a life changer. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. And it's not an easy thing for most humans to feel is even possible. So it's nice to hear that it is. 
And I, I <laughs> cannot agree more with the fact that gratitude is one of the most easy to access vibrational states that anybody can at any moment, whenever they're feeling low, you can look around and you can see something in your room or you can look in your phone and see someone you are just simply grateful for to have in your life. It's so, so wild how that simple act can shift your world immensely in one second. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a very simple thing. Like you could, you know, some people, um, I have clients who they don't have time to journal every morning and they'll simply just do like five gratitude breaths. And on each in breath, they think of something they're grateful for. So it's like a very simple practice that way. I love that. Do you have other routines that you would like to share on here that you also recommend for your clients? Um, dancing every day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I think that's like, that's another game changer. Cause I think that when you start to, um, just really connect with um, what in Toltec wisdom they call the movement of the spirit, which is just letting yourself get into a flow state of non-judgment, moving the way that your your soul you know feels necessary to release energy or to move through things. Um, you you just learn to feel so much more um, empowered and like you can really solve resource within your own body. So I think, and it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> 100%. I think that that's when I tapped into my true confidence is when I started dancing when I was younger, just because I felt free, you know, I felt free. It's that simple. Me too. And I think like when, again, going back to the feminine archetype, something else that you can do, and I'm really big on blending things, blending practices, um, <laughs> is when you dance, you could pick, for example, to embody the goddess and think to yourself, like, how would a goddess dance? And like, let that kind of um, move through you. And it'll, I don't know, it, it's a beautiful way to, to tap into confidence if it doesn't come as naturally to you. That's beautiful. I have a if you ever want to tap into your goddess, I have a playlist and you may as well have a playlist on Spotify called Shakti. And there's something about every song and the wave through every song that just allows a woman to tap into that divine feminine and release her. I will definitely be checking that out. <laughs> I love I love getting new music. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Anyway, do you have any other messages for the collective that you feel you want to share from your heart? Yeah, um, I guess to end on the same note of imagination, just like I think when you practice visualization and when you practice like allowing yourself to envision the reality that you want for yourself and to tap into the gratitude for that reality, right? Um, but really allowing yourself to get super creative in your visions, whether that's through dreams, whether that's in like a visual meditation, whether that is um, just daydreaming about things that you want for yourself. Um, or about even about the world like being a better place um, you you just unlock new doors for yourself so just make time to like explore your imagination and whatever form feels good for you <laughs> you know what before we go into rapid fire because this is so profound I am curious about your version of visualization and perhaps anything that you did visualize that came into your reality once you did explore this with your imagination? Of course. So I, again, like was really lucky to have a lot of really great mentors. And I kind of like learned a little bit about Joe Dispenza. If you, you all don't know who that is, you should check out the book Becoming Supernatural by him. Um, it's all about the quantum field. Yes, manifestation and visualization in some degree. And I kind of took that and then combined it with um, some Toltec practices and rituals. And so what I something that I was able to create by imagining it um, was, and this sounds so silly, but like I really wanted to have an audience of people that I could share my message with. That's not silly. <laughs> You're right. It's not silly. And I think I, that was actually what probably held me back from achieving that for some time, right? It was just thinking that wasn't that important. Um, because yeah, I didn't like vanity metrics don't really mean that much, but they do if you have a beautiful message. And so, um, so yeah, so I was like, okay, I want to hit 10,000 followers at the beginning of this year in January of 2020. And so what I started doing was kind of doing a similar practice to what um, Dr. Dispenza does, uh, which is essentially visualizing very specifically a goal that you want to achieve 
and then um, focusing on the emotion, right, that that would bring you as if it were already yours. So the gratitude for having that audience. And um, I got really creative in terms of how I was visualizing it. And it was way like less like, you know, seeing numbers going up and way more like seeing these lights, like light beings flowing towards me and connecting with my heart. And I would imagine these like light cords shooting out from my heart and connecting with other people and just bringing all of these like little balls of light into my field. Um, and feeling the like, what, what, what energy would I feel if, if I had all these people, this audience in my field? And, you know, it's also important to let go of the result. And Raquel, I'm sure you know all about this. Um, <laughs> but but um, I was visualizing that for maybe a month and then I had a, a moon ritual and I had it like a, I had a ritual at my altar and I laid on the ground and I just like called upon my spirit guides and was kind of asking for guidance and, and telling them like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I could like really hold space for this many people. I feel like it wouldn't get to me. And I was aware at that point that like if my Instagram were to gain a lot of followers that like you know, it's something that you have to mentally prepare for so that you're not getting addicted to social media and so that you're not, um, you know, like letting your self-worth be influenced by it as well. Like I was very aware of those dynamics that can happen. And so I had this, I had this ritual and the next day, literally the next day, one of my videos on Instagram went viral and hit over like a million views and my following went up to like over 20,000 people, which was insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That is amazing how that happens. Yeah, it was so, um, just the timing was very validating. And after that, I was like, wow, your imagination is so, so powerful. Um, and I realized also because it was very overwhelming when that happened to like get so many messages. And I think people romanticize this idea of having like a, a large following, but it can also be um, a lot energetically to handle when people are, you know, telling you their whole life stories and, and wanting <laughs> personal attention, especially regarding trauma. Um, so it was it was something that I had to like really kind of ground myself back into my values and, and my boundaries. And um, it was cool. That was really cool to, to just how much visualization and imagination supported me in, in doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. So great that you are grounded and you are able to set those boundaries and especially the energetic boundaries with yourself. And I'm so happy for you. It's a celebration, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, look, this is proof. We all have the power within us and it's accessible for all of us, whatever our wildest imagination wants to bring into our reality. Right. And something else I'll mention that I think is so important when it comes to manifesting anything with your imagination is again going back to intention like what what is your intention so my intention with that was to manifest a larger following to be able to help more people heal um, and my my greater goal is to eventually like either start a nonprofit in Mexico to give back to indigenous women um, and so that intention is always there and I had to really check in with that when you know Instagram was blowing up and to be like I'm not going to care what people think and really focus more on um being committed to like my mission and my truth and I am to like being liked, right? Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. Good for you. And then we're also always evolving as well. So it's good to stay true to you the entire process. Right. And so I, I wanted to just leave anybody listening with this idea that like when you're manifesting, when you have these big goals, checking in with the intention is so important because I think that the universe, like it, sometimes people's manifestations don't work. And I think that it can be because sometimes they're not for the highest good. Yes. So like being rich and famous, for example, like you have to really check in with, with the intention of like, what is that for? Like, that's cool. But like, what are you going to do with that, that wealth yeah. and that fame? And that can be like a really beautiful intention, right? How are you going to serve the world in some way? How are you going to bring more beauty in the world and more warmth for other hearts? I 100% exactly. agree. I love that. I love that. Are you ready for some rapid fire? <laughs> I'm ready. Awesome. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Same. Vanilla or chocolate? Ooh chocolate recently <laughs> recently <laughs> interesting um early bird or night owl mm, early bird yeah what's your morning routine like I wake up at like I love my mornings I love being awake mm -hmm. before anyone else's wake <laughs> up I I drink water I meditate I journal I dance sometimes I light some like uh, some some incense sorry mm -hmm. I was trying to say crystals at the same time <laughs> um, and then I have some breakfast yeah get to work love that and get to work <laughs> um and when you're not working how do you spend your time 
in nature and with my two chihuahuas. Oh, cute. <laughs> I love that. What is your most used emoji, if any? Yeah, probably the purple crystal ball or the blue spiral. Of course. I love that. <laughs> and then any <laughs> books you're currently reading, if any? Yes, I am reading... Um, what is it called? Hold on. It's called, um, it's a book called Healing Ancestral Trauma, actually. Oh, yeah. great. Amazing. And then um, how about TV shows, if any, or movies? This is so funny, but I actually got into watching The Bachelorette over, um, over like quarantine because everything that I do is, it can be heavy with trauma work, yeah. with like learning these very intellectual things. And I was like, I'm craving reality TV. <laughs> Yes, I when I was going through a crazy shadow working period and also helping others with that, I needed a lightness and I got into Real Housewives. I haven't watched it since, but I want to and I will. It can be so fun to just turn your brain off and giggle at like drama that's kind of irrelevant to you. It's it's yeah, exactly, exactly. I used to be when I started my spiritual journey. I took and I think this is just a great message for a lot of people I don't know why this is coming through right now but I would take it all so seriously to the point where I was not acknowledging my humans just desires of wanting lighthearted silliness if that makes any sense I remember Jordan my friend Jordan was like she was talking about Real Housewives and I was like why does she watch Real Housewives and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it and then I did it and then everything has changed since then where I'm like I love honoring my soul my spirit but also my human Yes, so important. And I think I also had a phase like that where I was like, oh, I'm like doing all these things. I'm so spiritual. Like, how can I just keep being so um, <laughs> spiritual? But really, being spiritual is just like seeking to so become self actualized. And like, sometimes in order to like let yourself actually become self actualized, you also just need to like rest and enjoy like the silly human, like the fun little human thing. Yeah, 100%. There's nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of or abashed by whatever it is that you love. So props mm-hmm. to you for loving The Bachelorette. <laughs> amazing. The last time I watched the, I watched The Bachelor Ben season forever ago. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Do you have a favorite era of music? Probably like, I want to say like 80s. Yeah. But also I really like like the it's not that I like 2000s music. I just really liked Amy Winehouse. I do. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Let's see. I'm looking through my question. Would you rather, I'm really curious, would you rather have a conversation with your future self or your past self, Bella? Uh, future self. Or no, sorry, past self for sure. Past self. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Really? What do you think you would say to her? Um, I would read her the letter that I wrote to my younger self. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I love that. When did you write this letter? I wrote it when I was creating my business and I was really trying to just do some like deep soul searching about what younger me needed, you know, which became the program that I created and what I needed to hear at that point in my life to actually commit to the path that led me to just like really you know, moving past anxiety and just being like a deeply happy person. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. And then this is the last question that I ask all the Euro Magic guests. How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? Mm, Learn the rules to break the rules. (laughs) Mm, Learn the rules to break the rules. Do you mind elaborating a bit? Of course. So I learned that in high school from my tech teacher. And I think she was teaching it to us about like, if we were going to download music illegally that we had to like make sure we were doing it safely still. <laughs> and it just stuck with me and turned into this big metaphor for so many things. Um, for example, like even working in the corporate world, there were things that I, I, you know, there was a point at which I worked in the corporate world and I, I was giving so much of myself to a job that was supposed to also be for me. And so I learned to, you know, kind of give myself more freedom and grace in certain scenarios. And um, I I think this goes for spirituality as well. Like I'm a Reiki master. I'm an IET master practitioner. I um, have done all these trainings, NLP, like yoga teacher, all these things. And the more that I did and the more I was obsessed and consumed with getting these certifications and learning these amazing modalities, the more that I realized that you can want like you want to learn the rules so that you understand but then you can absolutely break free and combine things and make them your own. And um, yeah, break break the rules. <laughs> yes. Amen. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I 100% am on board with that. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Where can everyone connect with you, Bella? Yeah, so the primary way to connect with me is on Instagram. My username is at Bella with one L, divine. <laughs> with one L, one L. And you're so, I love your Instagram and it's so beautiful. You're so beautiful and I'm so thankful we got to connect. Me too. I would love to connect with you <laughs> and get to just know a little bit more about you sometime because I think you're an amazing human. So thank you so much ah, for having me. I would love that. Maybe when I'm in Mexico, I'll be like, Bella. I'm, I'm moving here in, in the fall. So I'll be in Oaxaca, living on a coastal Oaxaca. beach town, but I'll be traveling all over. So if you come, I'll come meet you. This is going to happen, Bella. Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> Planting the seed. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group, especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.